Hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the PL Report. Uh, it's as always. It's me, Amshuman, and with me is Ayush. And we'll uh, well, we we're not going to discuss a lot of Premier League fixtures as such this week because uh, honestly, it's the end of the year. Like most of the fixtures don't make sense. Like I was watching Newcastle and uh, Sheffield United highlights. Like completely waste of time kind of game. Like even the three minutes, I felt like it was a waste of time. Like the Joe Willock good goal was good, but yeah, we are not going to discuss all the games. We'll discuss basic. Uh, like we'll discuss a couple of topics, just like just normal. And uh, I think first we'll start off with uh, like we did this last week. Last week was the first time we did this. We will discuss a bit about uh, in detail about a club season. Like like Arsenal was the one we did last week. uh this week we'll be do- we are planning on doing liverpool and uh, ayush uh, let's start with you give me your first uh, okay yeah we've got yash here yash is finally here so yeah, i asked him to join i spoke to him a while ago we were discussing something <laughs> related to the top 4 and top 6 of france yeah. but yeah, okay we'll yash, like uh, we we uh, like whoever's watching like we're discussing uh, we we're, we're going to discuss liverpool now and uh, give me your thoughts on how lopool season has gone and uh, like like w- what do you think basically like just give me a basic overview what you thought of this okay so i'm going to start with a bit of prior information so like manchester city when they did the 100 points and 98 points we also have to credit liverpool because they died, they did 97 points and that they did 99 points they've mm. had to what do you say back to back spectacular seasons with mm. and taking in mind that they don't have the same squad depth as manchester city it was bound to happen the fall from grace i mean from last year mm. to this year if mm. I, i saw it coming the second leg uh, van dijk got injured you know because it's not yeah. even just about one player it was the positions and everything and you could see the team getting exhausted so this was mm. most like more likely a tired season for liverpool like they've achieved it all in the last 3 years from champions yeah. league club world cup premier league they did it all so hats mm. off to them so this season has been a bit of a rocky up and down they're still in contention for champions league but yeah let's get to their season so pretty subpar the squad depth had to be dealt with they couldn't get enough signings to keep it uh, regulated and anything like and they didn't keep in mind that what if van dijk gets injured or what if sadio mane is outperforming uh, underperforming and all of that so stuff like that happened and they weren't prepared for it they didn't have enough protocols yeah. that we saw so taking in the players like van dijk got injured gomez got injured so the first center back pairing got injured so that was mm. a quite a hit i think back in the days when rio ferdinand got injured arsenal won the invincible season also so a mm. center back injury can affect a lot so that we have to keep in mind uh then the exhaustion of already having won everything in the last 3 years i don't think yeah like it's a, it's a cycle motivation. right yeah. yeah yeah i don't yeah, think yeah. they had the same motivation that they had last year When yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. we missed out the Premier League by one point. We can't mess up this season. So and and especially a Premier League title points. after thirty years, like it's uh, for exactly. Liverpool and what it meant. Like it's a very unique kind of scenario. So okay, uh, Yash has come up with a comment like American owners screwing up a football club. Where have I seen that before? Like first uh, of all, let's I be very honest. The situations between Manchester United, Arsenal, and Liverpool are very different. Liverpool don't employ uh like they have a strategy in mind like they they have a very big scouting department and they big into analytics and Jurgen Klopp has a lot of say in the signings that they actually make so 
they have a system in place for that so fsg aren't terrible owners they're terrible owners in the sense that european super league thing and everything that happened that's a fact they are terrible like most owners are terrible in that yeah i think then all the top because, six owners are terrible yeah way. they are because like and especially because these guys are also because they want to earn money from the club they want to create revenue from the club so but but that that you would expect from almost anybody who's owning the club so they run it like a business yes they they make a lot of player sales yes they don't uh, they kind of are very weird with their recruitment sometimes like the center back problem that you were talking about and like the front three thing has also been discussed before like this thing has already come up before that one of these front three will have to be replaced sooner or later because they're all at a similar age and you need blooding into these kinds of things so that you can actually have a like i don't know there is something about that front three that could break or there is some sort of like it's it might be hindsight also, or because we see in mind keeping in mind Liverpool's yeah. scouting system saw red a uh, Red Bull Salzburg and they picked Minamino out of the front four, where they had options for yeah. Haaland. Well, Minamino was also. good also, right? Uh, like Haaland is, uh, I, I I think Haaland a big problem with Haaland and Liverpool not trying to get him is the Mino Reola factor because he would have asked for exorbitant agent fees for sure and like it makes At it. That uh, time, Because I think he went for twenty-ish million to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and that—that's the exact same amount that Mino Raiola also got paid for that transfer. So he did. Yeah. He did. Oh, yes, a lot that. of money went to Haaland and his father and Raiola. Like that's why the transfer fee was so low. There's a lot oh, of money there. Like that. there's a lot of money earned by the agents in the middle, and uh, like yeah, Liverpool don't really deal with such high-profile scenarios. And and who predicted Haaland? Like who? Like. you could say like you it physically looking at him and everything but like uh, there's a lot of things about him that completely belie his physical appearance so like honestly i i don't know about like if they were wrong about haland or something and it happens all the time like arsen wenger had scouted so many players in his time and like ronaldo had been scouted a couple of times ibrahimovic has supposedly been scouted like that those kinds of things happen so you that's can't really, and th- that's not the owner at all on the ownership at all like that's on that's true that's on the recruitment mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, so carrying on you tell yeah. me your point of view on the season i think uh, it's the it it's like they reach their peak this team yeah. reach their peak and they reach the kind of peak that you rarely see from teams like they were they romped to the title they won the champions league final they were in the champions league final the year before so for the past 3 years liverpool They've have been, been excellent and yeah. they have been a machine and the problem with the whole thing with th- th- this season is you realizes that it's a machine it the the team works like a machine the individual parts are so so important that like and and virgil valdek is the center he's the he's the son of the solar system and the moment your son breaks down everything goes to scratch the machine is completely broken down they were able to produce results even after van dijk got injured but there was something like there was something missing i believe like there was some issue okay should i just continue okay i'll just continue yeah sorry yeah sorry i was just switching on the ac go oh on, no that's on. fine so like like that it's a machine and the moment they lost van dijk like i think they were able to cope with it because they had so many leaders in that dressing room also like henderson i think vinaldum is pri- quite important for them as from a leadership perspective and 
this season like, wasn't he always destined to move to Barcelona? So I don't think he was exactly giving his all in the dressing room or in the field also. I don't know about that, but he feels like like those kinds of Milner, Robertson, and yeah, Milner, they, Robertson, they carry, and they carry Henderson, themselves yeah. a certain way. Like, like for example, Cavani at United, like he doesn't have to speak and be out loud and be out there. Like it's just the way you carry yourself and be, be a professional. And uh, well, yeah, like Gomez and Matip also got injured, but yeah, like those yeah. two guys have always been injured. Van Dijk is the the crucial one, like. Like I'll just show this for the audience who's watching. Even like, goes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that added to their problems, but the problem started with the moment Virgin Van Dyke got uh, went out, and they were able to cope with it for a while. People thought, oh no, it's uh, it's uh, this machine is uh, stronger than we thought it was. But I think psychologically and mentally, and the amount of the suffering that this squad has to face, Allison with his father, Jurgen Klopp with his mother. And it's been strenuous circumstances, and when one thing goes wrong, everything went wrong for this Liverpool team. Plus, I think so, the most important thing they didn't have the same hunger they had in the last three years. Yes, that close. that is they yeah they, because they had won everything that they had to win. Exactly. They had nothing else. Left I mean, to do. I'm not a Liverpool supporter or a fan, but I have to respect the hunger and the wanting, the everything they showed in the last three seasons. The yeah, their manager had. epitomizes that, doesn't he? Yeah. There's a different Whether kind of it be the yeah. comeback against Barcelona, no one thought it would happen. I mean, yeah. because of that, I think recent for the recent fans at least, everyone thinks that Anfield is a holy place and anything can happen in Anfield. At Anfield. Well, that has been the case for a long, long time. To be honest, like it's they they've they, the Anfield has been especially for Champions League and stuff. Yeah. Like Anf- uh, Liverpool have produced a lot of and and there's something about that stadium, like. Uh, I talked about this on another podcast. Uh, there, oh. like, uh, like for a fan, right? Like, for example, you being an Arsenal fan, your first place to visit in as a stadium yeah, would be Emirates. Yeah. yeah, but like, I had to own up to the fact that I would f- want to visit Anfield because, like, like there is something oh, about it. There is there is a magic to it, and uh, like Westford Stallion and uh, in Stadion in uh, Dortmund, and yeah. Like, all, there are some stadium like or something in Turkey, like a Galat a Galatasaray stadium, or like uh, somewhere uh, something in. Uh, I think Boca. Uh, the Atletico stadium, stadium the previous one, uh, and uh, I think uh, uh, Roman Sancho uh, P one. I think it's something called like that. I don't know the exact name. I think it's the Sevilla stadium. Like there are a few stadiums. A lot of stadiums the in the South American region have that same. Vibe. Ah, okay, yeah, that is a completely different kind of beast. Like that and Turkey, I think, are two places like that. Yeah. That's just a, like they live in the South football. American. There's a good chance you might get killed, especially with our skin color, because our skin color won't be common there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Yash has come up with a couple of comments. Like Old Trafford, obviously, he's going to yeah. Obvious, fair yeah. Enough, that's fair that's fair. And so, yeah, the Klopp thing, yeah, he's right yeah. About, he agrees with us. So, uh, I don't know. Like, they, uh, it's a tough one. And they, it's not like they were faultless. Like, they made mistakes. The front line, like, oh, what yeah. happened? What the hell happened to that front line? Like, like they it completed kind of together, didn't they? Like, yeah. why? I don't know. Maybe it had to do something with Salah and Mane. Their relationship off the I, field. I don't buy been... that. I think it's just something that, like, I think it's more. I think you could connect the dots more with their relationship to Klopp rather than their relationship with each other. Like, yeah, because I, I, I remember you questioning that. this. I remember you questioning this before, and I think you might be onto something maybe because, 
like it was uh, there was something lacking there like sala scored the goals and everything but yeah that was not yeah. the sala that we've seen for the past few years exactly. or maybe I mean, it's I... just that players have a down season sometimes and this i think this liverpool squad just combined to have a really poor season okay so uh, let's move on to this part like let's talk about their uh, the best Signing. players this season and their worst players this season so the best okay. players who's who do you think are their best players this season best players or best we want to take one any any give me a couple of names at least okay so i talk about one more. if you want but yeah i mean i'll start with mohammed salah obviously i mean when you're saying he's yeah. had a bad season this guy is still in contention for the golden boot hmm. i mean you can't fault him okay he's missed a lot of chances but he's converted and saved liverpool in a lot of scenarios this season yeah i mean he's not exactly having the same 2017 18 season or 2018 19 season for that matter of fact yeah. but he's still been great he's still been one of the what do you say lifelines for Liverpool this season, so I mm. think that's one name. I think Henderson and Fabinho. We have to give credit for Fabinho. He and Henderson have both yeah. played at centre back and midfield, and Fabinho has been a complete different beast for Liverpool this season. They've stepped up. They've shown their versatility. Their what do you say? Uh, I think leadership in Henderson and Fabinho. So I think these three yeah. players, and I think to an extent even Diego Jota, when he's not injured, he's been arguably one of their best players. Yeah. So I think Jota, well, I think, is a is a bit of a conundrum in himself. Like he started off well with no expectations. He did really well in the beginning. I and then say exactly towards... no expectations. I, yeah, I, and then they, then his, his stocks rose so high. They were they were demanding so much from him all of a sudden. And then when he went back to his mean a bit, people were like, "This guy is completely useless." No, that's not how it works. You exactly. overhype him in your mind, and then he's not fulfilling your expectations. This is the same this thing is with Thiago. This was the same thing with Thiago. Yeah. And before Yota, I think many people misunderstood him as a striker. He was never a striker. He was just being that goalsman and goal scorer for a while. So they like yeah the roles assigned to him. Like he has to be the goal scorer. He's not exactly a goal scorer. He's also mm. sort of a finger second striker at a far stretch. You can't exactly have him compared to what do you say, a uh, proper striker as an Aguero or something. Well, yeah, you know? he's uh, well. It's uh, the, that Wolverhampton team played a bit like weirdly. Like Matt Doherty was an important scorer for them. Like I think Leeds replicate some of the ideas that uh, uh, like I don't know who came up with it first. Like don't 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 catch me on that. But like uh, like Wolverhampton were in the league before, right? So when uh, Like Wolverhampton at their peak when they were counter-attacking, like Matt Doherty used to really go on the overload, and then yeah. uh, these guys used to pop up. And y- Yota didn't really score a lot for Wolverhampton. Exactly. So, he was yeah. a good player, and he was a key player to the oh, side. Oh yeah, he was an important player for them. Yes, definitely. A goal scorer, goal scorer. So yeah. yeah, what do you think were the best signings for you? Uh best best players for this Liverpool team this season. Uh, I think. Um, Well, Andy Robertson has to be given a shout out because he's been consistent. Like he's the okay. only. Well, he's he's not had a great season as usual. Like he's not been like he's not been among the best left backs in the Premier League this season. Like uh, like he's not been as good as Luke Shaw has been this season basically. Uh, yeah. But uh, he's uh, he he does his part and he's always done his part. He's always on the overload. He's always attacking and it's been a very hard time for him because like. Basically, next to you, you don't have Van Dijk anymore. You don't have Joe Gomez anymore. You have don't have Joel Matip also, and you're playing with two complete novices and Trent, who's who's so good in the attacking out as an attacking player. But he like 
do you need the solidity yeah. around you and none of the three next to him provide that so there's a lot of workload put on him also in that sense so that in that when you look at it that way i think the performances that robertson has come up with they've not been spectacular but he's done a job he's for them and he's been very important yeah, yeah. and uh, another player that i think would be an important uh, they don't have they haven't had a lot of great like i think fabinho might be the only one who would be yeah would uh, like look at this season and say yeah look look at the work i've done in this one especially because like him being in central midfield was able to stabilize the back back uh, partnership at the back like when he was playing center back like he he was doing his job well but the guy next to him was not able to do as well but then exactly. two, when two center backs were playing in that in that role and fabinho was playing where he fits best which is in at, at the base of that midfield well it provided a solidity to everybody around him and it affected the center backs behind him also it affected the full backs also and it affected the midfield also so the moment fabinho was playing in the position he plays best everybody around him improved and that's, that's what you are supposed to do like he was kind of the catalyst of the midfield and defense yeah i guess yeah that. not even a catalyst just a just create a floor for that team like raise everybody's level to a certain extent like you have to improve everybody around you this is a very important thing that they talk about in basketball like some players like they don't improve the players around them but some like players like nikola jokic or luka doncic and these guys like these guys elevate the guys around them like lebron james is the best best guy at it like he'll get the best out of everybody around him and that is kind of what fabinho does like he brings the best out of everybody around him and i think uh, there are very few players in the world who are able to do that like like messi and ronaldo aren't those types of players they don't improve everybody around them like they might do the opposite because they're that good the other players they don't uh, they are not able to take on their responsibility with the to the to the best of their abilities because like you look at messi in your team and you're like half the time you're wondering like how am i supposed to keep up with that and like with the same with ronaldo so like That's but true. there are very few players who are able to do these kinds of things like i think virgil madike is also one of those players who makes it much easier and much more comfortable for everybody else on the pitch and that's what fabinho especially in midfield has done so uh, okay let's go to the worst like who are the poorest players this season i think i'm going to be a bit harsh this way i'm not sure if it's harsh or anything but i think sadio mane especially it's not harsh at all it's just it's i mean he's not you know, good he has not been if he wasn't performing like he was in the last 2 mm-hmm. 3 years i think he would have still been left off a little low but he set such a high standard for himself in the yeah. last few years like this season he's been absolutely poor like i can't i don't think he would start for any of the top 6 teams with the way he's played this season uh he'll get into an arsenal or something like or a leicester like he would like it depends also like these kinds of things you can't really classify because team teams play differently like if you put sadio I mean, mane into manchester united i'll take that any day of the week because like the abilities that sadio mane has well you has don't really get a lot from has he been showing them this has he been showing them yeah that's season? the problem like what's the reason for him not showing those abilities that's the problem like you're right about the fact not. that he's not played well but uh, i am absolutely on board with you like there is no doubt about it but the thing is that when you play in a, in a team in a particular way the fact that he's played there is a lot of context involved in it he's played in this team for 4 years now so yeah all those things count but when you suddenly transpose a player into a different team 
he won't give you the same things because the guys around him are not giving him the same thing right that yeah, that's the kind of point i'm making like uh, he's not played well at all he's not been in the top 10 of any uh, position or like even left wingers top 10 left wingers in the premier league it's really hard to include him in that list that that's yeah. absolutely right yeah I just mean, not been good it's I'm just pretty sure burnout i guess and i think a lack of confidence maybe he didn't get out to a good start and then he could just get back into the game yeah. especially with how the whole squad was also suffering it's not just sadio mane has been a bad player i think liverpool yeah, yeah, as a whole yeah. have underperformed this season so i think overall it played a big impact yeah yash came up with another comment like firmino was the glue but him being bad resulted it's a fair it's it's fair but uh, like th- that kind of undercuts how poor mane and like honestly even salah has not been good this season like honestly in my opinion like i don't think he was great in whatever games i have watched like yeah i'm not talking about salah not being a great player or anything that's not what i'm suggesting i'm just saying at their peak what this liverpool attack could do none of these three guys were close to their peaks that's all exactly. i'm saying exactly so like when people say salah hasn't have a good season it's like saying if ronaldo scores 20 goals and gets like five assists if overall a season is good but for ronaldo is not good enough you see you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah kind of like that kind of yes Something yes yes fair enough. yeah yeah like, yeah 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 they just didn't perform to their own expectations that we have been convinced that they weren't good enough like you've been used to seeing messi score 30 plus goals and get 15 plus mm. assists every season if you see him doing like 20 goals and maybe like eight assists everyone's going to say that he's finished and they're going to say yeah. the depletion i think but the thing with salah is the stats don't really back up what i'm saying it's the i like when you see him perform like he doesn't look like like there is there was so much fluidity with that front line and there was so much pressing and like they were so in tune with one another and i think that's where yash's comment comes into play like the fact that the moment one of those three drops off a bit and formino is the is really the glue in this one because he's the one who leads that press and the moment you lose out on that front line and the and and the fluidity and the and and you miss the glue you automatically look very different the team looks very different in this season and and especially with mane like i think like people have been shitting on trent all season like mane got away with it honestly like trent has been nowhere as bad as anybody like Oh, especially yeah. because defensively you need a lot of communication and you need guys next to you to be solid like because in the defense if one guy goes down and if one guy is not able to perform to the ability the opposition team will will extract that and they'll cut through that i'm that not exactly why... going to say trent has had a bad season i'm just going to say as you've told me this before trent was exposed without van dijk in the defense yes like yes that yes. is yes that's what happened that yes Yeah, that won't exactly. He's not, he's, because his job is not supposed to be a defensive linchpin. That's not what he's supposed to do. Did anybody in the past three years thought looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold and said, "Yeah, this guy's the next Maldini or something"? No, that's not oh, what he exactly. is. Like, like if if you're complaining about his defensive abilities and him not being good enough, then it's your problem, not Trent's, because that's not what Trent's role is supposed to be in that side. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like because they were players covering for him. Henderson used to drop in on right and right back all the time. Like that was a pl- that's the way they played. Like because he used to drop in that space that Trent used to leave when he used to go up front, and that was Henderson and Trent were actually co-right backs kind of. Like if you want to really stick onto the position, like nowadays positions hardly matter. Look, just look and at yeah, how Joao Cancelo plays. Like I want to say something. I would think Liverpool, you can pick out like 
max to max you can't pick out more than 3 4 players who've been actually bad bad this season it's usually the yeah. injuries are not gelling like individual mm-hmm. performances like if you just look at sala individually and not see the yeah. team performances you can argue he yeah. still has he still has a what do you say a very good season yeah but yeah i think when it comes to the team analysis i think all of them are brought down and mane yes, especially yes 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 so who do you think was the worst performing player it has to be mane man like i who else can you like i don't know like you can't exactly. count on kabak and nathaniel phillips and reese williams and exactly. do, do those guys have no experience how the hell are they supposed to play for this long time exactly out done his expectations he's actually yeah. been decent when he's played and everything he looks like what do you say a young leader like the vibes you get off that player Yeah, but like the, the problem is like in this Liverpool team, you need to be able to pass the ball, and that's the biggest problem yeah, that he has. True. His touch and his pass, like, yeah, he scored a goal recently. He had a clearance off the line, but the requirement of the team is what's most important. You're not playing for Burnley, man. You're playing for Liverpool. That's, that's the true. difference, and that's the the requirement for that role are different. Like, like Fair I enough. think Kabak is still okay. He can move the ball well. He can go for a long ball also. Like, and Liverpool really play those long balls a lot. Like the crossfield long balls especially trent is at, has a, is a signature and even van dijk is really good at those kinds of pinging those kinds of balls henderson is excellent at pinging those kinds of balls so like that's the problem like i'm not saying nat phillips is not a good full back or anything like a uh, center back or anything like that's that right, he yeah. did his job very well especially in the last game against burnley but like you th- that's not what they need that's the problem that's not what he's not what he's not solving their problems the problems are different and to what the solutions that he offers fair point so i think we'll yeah. just talk one last thing about liverpool and that's going to be yeah. thiago what are your opinions on the player flop or not well thiago thiago like no thiago is not going to flop because you need that said like no, thiago is the kind of player who, who raises your ceiling he's a ceiling raiser he's not a floor raiser it's not like you put thiago in a terrible side and he's going to make it great no that's not how thiago works thiago is like a sprinkling paul pogba is the same way like these kinds of players like if they have a, a similarly attuned players and players who are on the same wavelength as them that's when these guys thrive and that is what happened with this liverpool side like he was playing with uh, like center backs are kind of nothing there you how do you be on the same wavelength as a guy who can't pass the ball 15 yards like how the hell is thiago supposed to help that and he's transitioning it's a new signing especially i think honestly in this covid time any signing that has been made anybody who's had to change countries you have to forgive something like that like you can't be shitting on them like especially we don't know how hard it is and yes. it must have been ridiculously hard like we weren't allowed to leave the house and these guys had to go and play football all the time train and stay in their homes and especially like i was listening to something the, a couple of days back and the biggest thing that i think ian wright was talking about it footballers are creatures of habit and when you disrupt their habits completely like you completely change their timeline like i think athletes it works for athletes also even nba somebody was talking about it these guys are creatures of habit they they want a very like they they live in routines and routines yeah. become very very important for them because that's how they are able to keep up physically and mentally and emotionally and psychologically like whichever ways they have to keep up and perform at their best and it's not just about physical ability and talent in these games like uh, most of it is mental like bruno fernandez's biggest impact on manchester united has not been his goals or his assists it's the mentality that he brings like that is why he's compared to cantona because that that mentality that you bring and that 
the way that you in affect everybody around you while you're training while you're on the pitch those values matter and those values are the ones which are mostly disregarded by fans like us and we have to keep that in mind that is why i believe the thiago thing and the, and signing like donny vanderbeek and all these guys dude it's been a very hard time for like kai havertz was being uh, uh, shit on that yeah. and uh, well no that, like come on give like these are human beings at the end of the day look at them as human beings and not your heroes or villains or whatever you want to classify them as yeah like uh, well yeah like we've got a couple of comments like i went into a rant so i didn't realize personal thiago proud you and very good player at least exactly and getting to my point i think the one one misjudgment about thiago is he's not hmm. your goal slash assist bringer He's not he was never that. Like, like I don't exactly. know why that came into play. Everyone thinks he's a flop because he hasn't got a lot. He was at Bayern Munich. Who was letting him score goals at Bayern Munich? Like he didn't even have an assist. Fuck goals, root goals is. I mean, wingers and strikers. That's way ahead. As a midfielder, yeah. he wasn't even getting assists. He was controlling the midfield. He was being yeah. the link between the defense attack. He was never going to be your Bruno Fernandez or your Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. They compare mm. him in the same sentence. They're not even similar players. ियन Hmm. I mean, last last season or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus yeah, Thiago yeah. this season, and hmm. his personal stats haven't been much different. I think it's just okay. that he was playing for a much better Bayern side compared yeah. to what you say Liverpool side that's kind of been shaky. So I think that's yeah, why yeah, when yeah, you yeah, try yeah. to pick him out, he won't. If he's around Lewandowski, Muller, Nabry, he'll perform much better. Obviously, even if his stats yeah. are the same, he'll look much better. No, I think it's not good. about even about the guys up front. It's about the guy he's guys he plays with, like, and that's very. And I think that's why Liverpool brought him in because, like, they realized that that midfield becomes a bit too workmanlike, and you need a bit of class, and you need you need another ab- avenue to it. You need another dimension to that midfield, and that is why Thiago was brought in. But the problem is that this season is kind of such a write-off, in my opinion. Like, that's like true. everything that could go wrong for Liverpool Football Club went wrong. and that is why like that is why i think you can't really you don't even know exactly how thiago is supposed to fit in this because there are too many guys who are not going to be there next season in that starting lineup that's true okay, okay let's talk about one last thing then before yeah, so like i'm sorry about losing out on the comments what you want to talk about one signing that liverpool need to make for a better season next season i don't want to talk about one signing i want to talk about like what do they do next season like Yeah, okay. Signing is restrictive. Like, let's just talk about what do you think for next season. When what do they have to do to be champions next season? Because that's going to be their objective, right? Now they've basically qualified for the Champions League. They just need to win the next game. So, well, the the biggest loss that they could have had was not having Champions League. Now they can attract yeah. anyone they want. Like, exactly. I think so I read this. What do you think they? Which positions do you need? They need to fill in. Like, where do they need something? And what do you think is going to happen with them next season? 
Okay, so I think what I see happening is next season Salah is going to leave. When I've seen the lot of rumors around this, I think he's going to go to PSG. If Liverpool interest Mbappe, I think the only if was that if Liverpool don't get Champions League, Mbappe won't be coming. Now they have an actual, would you say, stance to get Mbappe? I think Liverpool overall. Do you really think Salah is going to go to PSG? If Mbappe comes to Liverpool, I think that can happen. No, but like, I'm not sure exactly where Salah will go to PSG or not. I think no, anyway, PSG like, will look if into Salah is going to that. leave, who's going to pay that money? Like, Liverpool is going to demand a hundred million. I would go and get Jadon Sancho then. Why would I get Mohamed Salah, who's eight years older than him? I mean, you have to also look at the point that not everyone can get Jadon Sancho, right? I think if Man United snatch him before Liverpool. They have to look for other options. I, I, I honestly, think. I think a lot of transfer rumors and things that are going around, right? Dude, nobody has the money. Like, 95% of the transfers that are being suggested right now. Kylian Mbappe, I don't think he's going to leave. Honestly, I don't. If if Kylian Mbappe is the one who leaves, then there is no way Erling Haaland is going to get touched. Mohamed Salah, I'm not expecting to leave. Harry Kane is going to have a super hard time getting out. Because there is yeah, no I'm, money I'm, in the I'm market. Exactly. If Harry Kane can't get a sale, do you think Mohamed Salah is going to get sold? I don't buy that at all. I mean, you know what the thing is? I think a lot of clubs, like even Barcelona, Arsenal, they're taking loans and everything to fund transfers and everything and to uh, help it financially and everything. And it actually might happen. Like, you can never... Barca have 1 billion dollar euros of debt. Who's going to loan? I know, I know. But I think that Laporte, president... If I'm not wrong, I, I think I read this somewhere. They're planning on taking loans for signings and stuff. So that might actually even happen. They can hold off the loan and everything. But yeah, yeah I think that, uh... what Liverpool exactly need right now. But is... there's no money in the world market also. Who the hell is going to loan them this money? Which bank is going to loan them this money when banks themselves have so much problems with, with monetary issues? Like like the pandemic has hit everyone, not just football. Like it's not like it's I insulated know. from the world. That is the problem, right? Like like I think the talks are a lot more than the actual action that's going to happen. Like that's most teams case, can get yeah. one one player, one player at the max. Like there's not going to be multiple blockbuster signings. Like oh yeah, I think. That's so I don't know. I do like Salah leaving looks really hard. Like honestly, and it's not like he's pushing on it. Also, like Kane started pushing on it. So like yeah, yeah. like Yash is also talking about it. Yeah, Haaland is not leaving any. I don't think Kane will either. Kane will push, but I don't see anyone buying. With you there also. That's true. So, yeah. Okay. Also, so, what do you expect from them next season? Okay. Like, what, I what really, do they need? Like, yeah. I think they need a cam. I think this might be an unpopular opinion. When they replaced Coutinho, I think for the three years it worked out. But I still think they need a Coutinho as player in the squad right now more than anything. I think should go for a cam. Okay. I think so. It's a quite an unpopular and different opinion. If if not a striker, because that doesn't exactly explain. They don't exactly need a striker, striker to run mm. the formation and the tactics and anything. But I think mm. they can work with a cam, and if they get in a good PC cam, well, that becomes a huge problem for their midfield, though. Like, well, you can't press as high if you have just two midfielders in the middle because you will get overrun. Like in Europe, especially, you get overrun like crazy. And uh, I, I, I don't know why. Like, what would that cam do? Like, yeah, uh, Rodrigo de Paul from Udinese, like. That's a good shout out because he'll be in midfield. Like he's not a cam. Yeah, or something like that. He's not a cam. He's more of a holding. Yeah, midfield. like he's more like he, he gets you a lot of dynamism in midfield. I think that's what the important thing is. And you need that. Like you need something like that next to Thiago. If you want Thiago to play, like if you have Fabinho is fit, 
Thiago is fit, you need the third midfielder. So I don't need it has to be, I don't think it has to be a cam. It has to be a midfielder who provides something different to these two and works with it. Like that's a, it's not, not the easiest one to unlock and stuff like that. I think but, uh, Paul would also be on the eyes of a lot of teams this season. He's had a spectacular. Yeah, those are the season. kinds of players I expect as transfers. I like those are the kinds of the players where the money can be stumped up for a buy an Arsenal or somebody like that. But like the mega million signing, like the 50 million plus signing, those are very, very hard in this market. Until unless the valuation of footballers drop. And that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. That's barely taken a loss. I think Mbappe went from 200 million to 180 million. And that doesn't really matter if you have that kind of money. Yeah, you build that back, I guess. But like, I don't know. I think football has saturated itself in the terms of money that is there in the in the sport. Like because especially look at the deals and every like the Premier League uh, the copy of broadcast rights and all those things when you look at it for the future it's not looking great so okay uh, I'll t- let's talk about uh, like my Your, personal yeah sure what they need I think they need ah uh, uh, this is uh, they need they need something in the attack like they need like Diogo Jota was a good signing and everything. They've got too much deadwood. Like they've got Axel uh, Oxalate Chamberlain barely plays. Shakiri is just there for some reason. Minamino, they should, I think they should just send him out somewhere else. Let him play at a lower level Premier League club or something like that because it'll work there. I don't know what happened to him, uh, what happened to Southampton in the past few days, but like you haven't heard anything from Minamino for the couple, last couple of months. And uh, it's uh, they they need something in that attack. They need a spark there. And uh, I don't know who will fit into that spark, but uh, that's 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 the position. Because I think the midfield is still okay because they can play Thiago because they haven't been able to use Thiago with with the complete set of players that they have. Like when Van Dijk and Gomez come back in, and then when you play with Thiago in front, and when you have that stability in the squad, I think the the place where you don't you haven't really changed up things and created a bit of a, a bit of chaos there basically. Frontline. Honestly, yeah, I think they okay. should they should try and replace Salah if they can. They are able to sell him off. Like, yeah, get somebody in. It doesn't have to be Salah money. Invest that money wherever you want, or keep it with you for later or whatever. Like, yeah, they might need to try and uh, because Formino won't have market value. Mane won't have market value. Salah is yeah, the market. only one of the three who will actually I produce it in terms of market. That's value. one problem. I think at least yeah. last season they had a choice to either keep Salah or Mane because both of them were valuable assets. And yeah. right now Mane has dipped a lot in value. I think yeah. I don't think anyone's going to go in for it right now. Yeah, no. I, I, if I if I was somebody like if I had that kind of money if and, and if I was running the and if if, if Mane the kind of player Mane would put in, I would try and get him off. Like if at a lower value, why not? Like especially at a lower value, value, yeah. But I think yeah, but Liverpool won't sell him at a terribly low value. Fact, yeah, that, you're right about that. Thirty to forty million. At yeah, no, no, you're right about everything you said. His valuation is super low. That's just a fact. Yeah. Okay, I think that's quite enough for Liverpool. Yeah, even Shitri, yeah, I think we can stop the Liverpool uh, thing because it's gone on for a while. Let's get into Premier League stuff now. The last game week, the final. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, start off with uh, like uh, what? What? Uh, like, give me the give me the scenario basically. Like, because I haven't okay. been yeah, as glue. Uh, so I'll explain what's going on right yeah, now. My team doesn't really. What I see right now as a football fan, as an analysis 
if I can say it right now. Third, fourth, fifth, Chelsea, hmm. Liverpool, Leicester. Hmm. Anything can happen. All these positions can be switched in between all of them. Liverpool yeah. have a game against uh, Crystal Palace. If they win, they will stay in Champions League. Chelsea are playing Aston Villa. If they win, they win in Champions League. Leicester, hmm. if they win against Tottenham, they still need Chelsea or less Liverpool to lose. To draw so points, yeah. They to draw points. Even if they draw, I think they can make it out. So, here's the thing. Why do I have a feeling Chelsea might bottle it against Aston Villa? Yeah, even that's. Uh, I heard that suggestion also recently, and uh, that's the I most interesting one because because Tottenham were completely inept against Aston Villa, and uh, that, was, that, that was that was just terrible. Blame, blame Sergio Reculon for a lot of mistakes in the match, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm not even talking about Villa without Jack Grealish. Like, come on, you, you you're telling me you can't score against that team, like with Harry. They had Jack Grealish. They had Jack. They've they've lost everyone. They did Jack Grealish play that game. Yeah, well, he, he doesn't do anything defensively, so whatever. But yeah. Yeah, but he was good. So what I'm saying is, it's not even the own goal that regular scored. Like, I didn't know Jack Grealish played that game. Oh, okay. He, I watched the game. I had a Team 11 team set up with my dad. So yeah, anyways, what happened okay, was okay. Regulon, in the sec- when the second goal scored, I think Regulon tried to clear the ball twice and he hit yeah. the same player right in front of him. And that was that's what caused the goal. So he had a shocker of a performance. Okay, and I think okay, that okay. almost. I think if Tottenham had won that, they would have secured sixth position. But now you're there in the race, which we'll talk about later. So yeah, yeah. Aston Villa versus Chelsea. I am mm. just afraid that I think Chelsea have in recent, like in the last two weeks. I'm not even talking about recent times. They've had mm. some ups and downs. I think whether it's Leicester, Arsenal, yeah. and the win against Man City and the win against Leicester again in the Premier League. So there's yeah. a lot of ups and downs going on. Yeah, It'll yeah, be yeah. really sad to see if Tuchel bottles out the fourth place or third place in the Premier League, because then Chelsea might not even be guaranteed Champions League next season. Yeah, I don't mind that honestly. Like, yeah, like may as well. <laughs> I'm I, I I like Tuchel and I like that team, but yeah, I'm not going to feel bad for them if they lose out on Champions League football. They're I'll still a club that were part of the ESL, so I won't feel bad of any of those. I mean, like, even true. if United were able to drop out, I wouldn't give a shit. But yeah, that's true. But the thing is. Chelsea are too powerful to be left in the Europa League as a squad, as a team right now. For a team that's, you imagine, for a team that's playing in the Champions League final right now, is going to drop into Europa League next season. What's yeah, the then go and try and win the Europa League. Like, there's no guarantees there. You, Europa League has a huge, huge image problem. Quite a lot of people don't take it seriously, but it's better than the image. Champions League to watch, honestly. It's, yeah, I have been watching it for three years. I'm not saying that. I'm just yeah. saying the tip for Chelsea, like the heartbreak, I think losing the FA Cup and then losing the Champions League, losing the FA Cup twice in a row. You have to keep, in that, yeah. keep that in mind. But yeah. Like the I manager think, who did those half of those things wasn't even there. Why am I supposed to feel bad for a club who fires and hires managers? Like, like it's like fucking vegetables. Like, what, what am I supposed to feel bad for? I'm not saying I feel bad, but I'll just be shocking, you know, seeing what Chelsea It'll be have funny. Done. Like, I would call it funny. I would call it funny as fuck. Oh, I'd probably <laughs> laugh if they get battered by Aston Villa, but yeah. Okay. Okay, I think Shalv asked the question, like, uh, that we were going to suggest anyways. Like, if Chelsea uh, lose, like, uh, what's going to be their... Uh, what's their future? Like, uh, I don't think their future changes a lot. They made the signings they had to make. Uh, do they have a lot of a lot more money? I think I've read rumors of them trying to go in for Kane. Kane isn't going to come to Chelsea if they're playing in Europa League. There's no way he's going to do that. He's made it clear he wants to play in the Champions League. 
So if he's oh, going yeah, to be no, that all is fine, but like yeah, like I don't know, man. Even getting Harry, like Harry Kane to Chelsea, that, I, I, would Harry Kane want to do that? Like that would be a complete betrayal. Like Man City still at least the city is different. Like Chelsea is right there. They're 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 yeah, rivals, and they're, they've had nasty games in the yeah. past. So that's he true, doesn't have true. a very positive relationship. I don't know, but I, he's definitely for sure not going to go there if Chelsea end up in the Europa League. Which is quite unlikely, but there's a good chance of it happening because you never know. It's it, the Premier it's, League. Uh, it, it is unlikely. Like they just have to win against Aston Villa. So, yeah. But I mean, honestly, like I'm not going to like pity Pukul or any of those guys. Like yeah, like okay. that's how this, it's a results business, and that that's how it works. Like if you so, don't get the results, you're fired. That's that's just how it is. And like if you took up the job at Chelsea, which is a precarious job at the best of times. Like they they hired and fired Lampard as if he meant nothing to them, and uh, they, they they don't. Care the club has run, and that's the like there is no safety, like there is no job guarantee or anything like that at the club, and that it's never. Be, I don't feel bad for anybody who takes up that job. Honestly, I just don't. Fair enough. Okay, it's so your bet, you have now, to lie in it. Like that's all. Okay, your next bit: Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. What do you see happening? Here? Liverpool will win. That's yeah, not a hard question. Eze is out. The only interesting thing about uh, Crystal Palace this season is not going to play, and he's not even going to exactly. play most of next season. That's a terrible disappointment. Sorry to Ebrichi Eze, and uh, so I think the only worrying fixture is Leicester versus Tottenham because they have two things. They have to win the game first. That's part. That's the first part. They have to win that game. They have hmm. no other way. And the second part is they have to hope that Leicester or Chelsea bottle points. Otherwise, even a win won't be enough. So that's the yeah. hard part. They they have yeah. only one thing in control. Like to some extent, they have a control over the game of Tottenham or Leicester. They can pull it off. They have been great throughout the season, but they hmm. can't control Liverpool and Chelsea results. So I think that's again, I'll feel sad about that because they've been. Yeah, Leicester most- is the one you can feel bad for because they are not earning as much as the other clubs are. So yeah, if you were talking about that, that's fine. Like, I think they've been consistently. Well, well Shal also has a comment. Like Tuchel has done well, but losing two finals and the top four spot is not isn't preferable for someone. Like, dude, he's the guy who got you there. He took a, took over half end if Abramovich is not happy with that. Tuchel just tell him to fuck off and leave. Like he'll get a job, because this is complete nonsense. Like this club was in the was in the gutter with two hundred million spent in in January. This guy came in. He completely changed the whole the way the club was playing. Does that not matter? Does the, does it not matter what these guys have actually been able to achieve in the past three months? Like, is does it have no value? Like, what kind of idea is this that Abramovich will fire him? Like, Abramovich is a moron if he does that. I wouldn't say that they were in the gutter, dude. I think Champions League form that was great. I think in the group stage they were great. Lampard. That was an easy group stage to qualify. Like, what? what What clubs were there that they were supposed to be scared of or anything? Like none of the clubs were even close I to think, Chelsea's level. I think Sevilla. They won the Europa League the season four. I mean, you just beat. said Chelsea should not be in the Europa League. What a fall from grace and everything. You just no, said no. it. No, no, I'm <laughs> saying that you added right the Europa League as a sole standard and people. I, I agree. Oh with no, that. I I love the Europa League. Like I honestly like the moment people get disappointed. Oh, United aren't in the Champions League and shit. I I was kind of low key glad because they could make a run to the final and actually try and win something. So, exactly. yeah. and I'm yeah. talking about Sevilla even drew to Bayern and lost on what do you think in the last minute in the 
super fine. So I think Sevilla is a good team, and having them in the group. Oh stage no, was... Sevilla! I'm not. Ta- then nothing against Sevilla. Sevilla are in a were in a title battle till two weeks ago. So I'm, exactly. I'm just saying that what I'm saying is that it was not a hard group to qualify. See, Shalvel listed out the teams: Granstona, Ren, and Sevilla. Like Granstona, those are the minnows that get beaten to shit every year. Even Chelsea didn't beat them up that much. Ren. They, they don't play that much. No, they're not a terrible team at all. Like, especially exactly. in France, like France, some of the teams yeah. have really become plucky. But still, none of these teams even come close to Chelsea's capacity and attitude. Like, like I'm not giving shit to Lampard. I'm just saying that this club was not was not even close to what they are now before Tuchel came. That's, that's true, all. That's, I think that's all because he's got them so. They've really picked up and they've picked up a lot of results and it's kind of ridiculous how well they've done. Fair enough. So, I think now the top. So, who do you think is going to finish in third and fourth? Yeah, it's going to be Liverpool and Chelsea, honestly. I, I, Chelsea. I don't think Leicester are going to. Like, the Chelsea-Aston Villa fixture is the only interesting one. You never know what happens with these kinds of things. But, yeah. Like, I, if I had to bet on it, I would bet on Liverpool and Chelsea going. I think the only like, thing... Let's I talk about the more interesting race, actually. I'm very, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about what's going on with the sixth and seventh okay. spots. So, I'll explain now the second race. Yeah. So, currently... Looking at the table, I have I haven't opened my phone. Uh, sixth mm. is best ham. Mm. With wait, what happened? We did. Huh? Wait a second. I think West Ham have pretty much secured sixth place. Oh, I think I've did a oopsie. What happened? Yeah, I think West Ham have pretty much secured sixth place because they have sixty-two points. Tottenham with fifty-nine. Everton with 59. Yeah, so that thing is almost done, isn't it? And Tottenham fixture is terrible, so... Yeah, so Let's I think have a look now, then, I guess. now it's just for 7th and... I think it's just for 7th. Yeah, but that's a conference league spot, so... Yeah. Ooh, this is pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Technically, Leeds could get in. No, no, they don't have a goal. For it. No. Everton could get in. Interesting. Everton, Arsenal and Tottenham are all on... Like, Tottenham and Everton are on 59. And Arsenal are on 58. Wait, so who are West Ham? between these three. No. Well, West actually, Ham West Ham could lose that spot if Tottenham or Everton... Win. No, if Tottenham win, so... And if and they lose. West Ham lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think Tottenham... Well, West Ham playing Southampton. Southampton. That should be easy. Man City, Liverpool, Everton are playing Man City. Actually, this becomes pretty interesting for Arsenal, to be honest. Because, I think Arsenal uh, get a chance at Conference League. Not more than that. Yeah, but still, that's something. No, they can't get sixth, obviously. They don't have the yeah, points for it. But they can they get don't have the points. So... I think conference league qualification is. Because Spurs have a tough fixture in the have Leicester and Man City are and Everton are playing in the last fixture. So I'm sure. I think I, I saw West Ham having 59 points. I think I misread or something. It's well, yeah, really... it's Shalvid's goal difference. It's not head to head here. Yeah, it's goal difference in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. So West Ham have pretty much if they. Well, West Ham just need a point. The moment West Ham get a point, they're done. Like they don't have to care about it, and they're playing Southampton, so it's not a hard fixture for them. They should be able oh, yeah, to win that. Sure. So I think it's between. I think I think Man City are going to play their first team against Everton. Well, yeah, like uh, Yash has gone out with a bold prediction. He's expecting Spurs to win against Leicester and West to lose against Southampton. Uh, go and bet on it, Yash. Like if yeah. you have the balls for it, because I honestly absolutely disagree with you. That's not happening. I don't think. Oh, that's yeah. happening. He, he, I, we spoke. I spoke to him about this. I think he's a. Yeah. Saints fan, I think not exactly a Saints fan. He's liked the team and everything, and like yeah, Danny's and everything. But yeah, they've had yeah, a really no, poor. He liked Danny's a lot. Like we've discussed it yeah. so much, but 
like we are not going to let, let's not pretend that Southampton have been absolutely garbage in the in the second half of the season. Oh yeah, they're almost fighting for relegation if you look at the points after Christmas. They barely yeah, they were up. they were rel- they were nowhere like nothing. Nobody was doing anything. Like who cared? Like they were absolutely shit in the second half of the season. The whole team fell apart. I think. Yeah. Yeah, they're lucky to be fourteenth. The yeah, they kind of are, because, but but the thing is that they did so well in the first half of the season, it didn't yeah. really matter. I think that's and, uh, the problem with Arsenal also. I think in the first half, they were 15th and ever since the uh, 15th game week, yeah. when Smith was introduced, they currently sit second in the table. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, so it doesn't matter. That's the worst part. Like City, like quite a lot of teams, they didn't have to push too much. Like United were like, after the title challenge faded a bit, they, they were just... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yes, you're fine. Like, yeah, yeah, they have been poor, and yeah, basically, basically, he's agreeing with us only. Like, it's not it's like just he, that he wants the Saints to win. He, he right. wants that to happen, I guess. I don't want that to happen. I want West Ham in the Europa League. Okay. Why not? Like, I want. Uh, I, I want to move Champions there, and then it should. Be, it should be a fascinating one. Yeah, they might yeah. even actually go no, far in the Europa League. Yeah. They might, they might. honestly, you don't know with the squad. Like you, you, you can't tell. This team has not been to Europe. It's a huge, huge chasm. Burnley faced it. Wolverhampton faced it. Leicester have faced it. Like when you play a European competition all the time, your training changes completely. Plus, and their budget have, will increase also. They can actually go for good signings <laughs> now. Yeah, the budget opens up, but West Ham have been terrible with recruitment a lot of times. Very few of their recruitment uh, have of their recruits. Have actually worked. Shal has a question for you. I think this <laughs> second half Arteta. No, I don't. Yeah, think we, we are not. We are not, re, we are not rehashing this again. We did it last week. Come say, on. I'll just say not Arteta. In it's Emil Smith Rowe. He's the change. It's not. Ah, him. too much credit to a twenty-year-old. <laughs> Eighteen-year-old, twenty-year-old, whatever his age is. Yeah. And no, it doesn't matter. He's the catalyst. That's a yeah, yeah, no, no, fair enough. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and change your mind. I have to watch I'll just say games for one that. Last that's thing. not something I'm going to put. I'll just say one last thing. I'm not going to introduce anything. From game week 1 to game week 15, we had Arteta. But we didn't have a Will Smith row. And we were 15. Oh, come that. on. That, 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 that's just I'm a complete lack of credit for a person being able to learn things. Come on. Like, game week 1, you didn't, you didn't know how to cycle. Game week 15, you know how to cycle. Do we give credit to the cycle for that? You give credit to you, right? <laughs> it's it's Emil Smith, bro. He's the key, I'm telling you. It's, go, it's yeah, a yeah, God I'm, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Like, that's a... <laughs> He's yeah, even Yash is like, Ayush is not going for Arteta. <laughs> yeah, you got all the... Yeah, that is obviously not going to happen. Okay. So, let's talk about the... The uh, fixture, like, not the less final set of Premier League fixtures because that we basically discussed. I think even let's Arsenal... talk about Wednesday. Let's talk about next Wednesday. I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, I am. I really want you guys to beat that Emery dude and like make him realize his place. Uh, I feel so. I feel like he he was not given a. Uh, he wasn't given a fair shot, man, and like he was made fun of for his speak for his uh, language and all that stuff, like. Dude, he did not get a fair shake, at least from the media and from the fans. Like, okay, he might he might not have been the right guy for Arsenal. That's even that's not just Emery's fault. That's Arsenal's fault as well. That's true. But, that's true. Like, dude, like he's not an English speaker. He's span he's Spanish. He's played in he's been in Spain his whole life. 
he's managed there and he had an excellent track record there look at his track record even before and after spain like before and after arsenal he was winning europa leagues with sevilla he came back to villarreal and he's again in the europa league final for villarreal and villarreal has not been to a europa league final in a long long time i think it's their second ever or first ever or something like that third if i'm not so, wrong yeah yeah like whatever it is that man at least from a footballing perspective and from a football coach perspective unai emery is a good good coach the problem yeah. with him there are a multitude of reasons why it didn't work at arsenal i think the fact that he could not speak and i think there is a huge problem in british uh, 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 with the british in general that they do not appreciate the other people not like because for us it's easy because we've been learning english since we were 3 years It's old like our first language only almost we yeah basically because we are much, taught yeah. two languages everywhere in india you go you're taught at least two languages like i have a cousin she's 10 years old and she can speak like four languages because like that's just the, that just how things spread because that's just how our culture is as indians like we are taught two languages most of us especially in, in our position in society yeah. we are taught two languages as kids at least so and for somebody like in spain and in in and in italy that's not what you're expected to do even in japan and all you're not expected to know a lot of languages except for that or except for the, your uh, they mother tongue they don't even use it in their what do you say schools and colleges they operate in their own regional languages in japan and everything they, yeah like government work and everything that's all done in their language and like especially for for mocking a guy for not being able to speak a language with the right accent it's not like he couldn't speak english Yeah. It's that his accent sounded weird and he sounded funny. So you mocked I him with "Good evening, guys." Yeah, like, yeah, this thing. Like, yeah, uh, like that's what. Know, it's, uh, now it's it, funny. Like now you can make fun of it. It's fine because yeah, that's just how that whole era is encompassed. But it's not like, even about the fans. You know, I think the players also used to do it. Like he lost the dressing. Room. Yeah, he lost the dressing room. That's a big, big part of that's it. Yeah, one big part. Even yeah, but I don't matter if you're Jose Mourinho or Pep Guardiola. If the dressing room is not on your side, you're not going to be winning anything. If the players yeah, aren't but, exactly, but, but the difference with somebody like Pep and uh, Mourinho is Pep and Mourinho were excellent English speakers very, very early no, in no, their careers. Like Mourinho was a Portuguese translator for Bobby Robson at Barcelona, like so Portuguese and Spanish translator. Oh, obviously, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that no matter yeah. how good a coach you are, if the dressing room yeah. and the players aren't yeah, on yeah, your yeah. side, no, no, absolutely, no, no, yeah, no, no. That's a, that's exactly. Oh, yeah. like, The moment you lose a dressing room, your management, or um, you being coach of that club, it's done. It's over. It's, it's done. And uh, it's it's. Uh, I think a lot of the blame for the Emery fiasco is on Arsenal rather than Emery. Like you knew what his resume was. You knew how much he how much command. You would have interviewed him, right? You would have had to have multiple him. conversations with him. I liked his. What do you say? First season at Arsenal, we finished fifth. We got into Europa League final. Yeah. He did well, I think, and that's one more thing I don't like. As he was not a club legend, he was not given the same time and opportunities at Arteta. He was thrown yeah, out. Yeah, I guess it. like uh, it's a very I'm complicated a, thing. I'm not saying a complicated scenario. I'm not saying I wanted to. I wanted him to stay, but I just think Arteta has been given a lot of more pedigree for being Pep's assistant and what do you say, being a club. I'm not going to say a legend as you said, yeah. but being a part of the club in the. and having played important role you yeah the, the understanding of how the club and the dressing room works yeah that's those things are important yeah. okay uh, 
let's uh, there is something that Chalf came up with. I don't know anything about this. Is this for uh, Harry Kane? I, I believe this is for Harry Kane, right? Jesse Lingard, seventy million, and Martial. Oh, I would tell that. That's one hell of a deal. I hate that. I don't want Martial to go for so. I just don't. That just. Oh yeah. I mean, people are like, underestimating that. First of all, even if it was just Jesse Lingard and seventy million, that itself is one hell of a deal. If, if it was a Sancho, I would have taken Jesse Lingard plus seventy million. I would have done that. But I think Lingard's value is a lot more. Oh, I and, would have uh, loved to see Lingard in a Dortmund side, bro. Yeah, he would be interesting, wouldn't he? Like, kind of like a like the veteran who'll get along with the youth and uh, like. Yeah, he's, he's young, okay. And he will provide a lot of youth and spunk to them. So it would like, be really, really interesting to watch. He acts like he's twenty only. It's fine. It's fine. He acts like he's twenty. Yeah. Or something. You know, his heart is twenty. Yeah, but like I don't like honestly the 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 fault Kane like. You're, what are you buying with Kane? I honestly don't know. If his ankle breaks one more, once more, he's done. Like he'll be done. Because well, I mean, like I was, I was talking, uh, like I was listening to something. Like I was listening to Dirk Nowitzki. Like uh, he's a bas- he's an NBA player. So w- what he was talking about is that uh, after a certain age and after a certain point, especially when you had a lot of ankle and ligament injuries, dude, the the thing stops working. It just stops working. Like your ankle is gone after a point. Like he was talking about his last two years in the NBA. He was much older. He was like thirty nine or something at the time. But uh, like, and he didn't have a history of ankle injuries and stuff like that. The only issue that was that he was a seven footer. So, so we have to release a short video of compiling all the NBA references that Amshuman gives during a football podcast. <laughs> I think we'll have at least ten to fifteen minutes of that clip. I could do a lot more, honestly. Exactly. Like, look at, like, like Shalv, like six different ankle injuries in two years. Like. You don't know how long this guy is going to last. Honestly, you don't know at all. And that six-year deal that he signed looks terrible in hindsight. It looks terrible. Okay, let's I'm get back to the try. Europa League thing that we are supposed to actually discuss. Okay, give me your try. final Kale thoughts and then we'll finish. There. We'll go to the I'm not Europa League. I think the way Kane plays, maybe he's not worth the 150 million due to his injuries and everything. Yeah. If you get him for 80 or 70 million plus a player that you're not going to be using in your squad, Definitely go for him. You're thinking about the injuries. If he does not get injured, he's getting you 30 goals and 15 assists. And that is a guarantee. Yeah, that might... Uh, fair fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. yeah but, but but my biggest problem with trying to get Harry Kane is that Harry Kane is not, not the biggest... Like, that's not your biggest requirement at this moment. Exactly. Honestly. I want to get it if you've already signed Cavani for a deal, a new, like, uh, what do you say, one-year deal extra, yeah. at least focus on Cavani right now. Don't go in for Kane right now. If you want to get him, maybe after Cavani. Maybe after a year, especially because his value will decrease because of the contract. So Yeah, probably. I have. Yeah. If they don't let Harry Kane go, he's not signing a new contract. Well, yeah. Uh, Yash also comes up with, I don't want Harry Kane and United. We don't. We might not need Harry Kane per se, but you need something like him. You need a goal scorer. You need somebody who can score. Not, not right score now. Score like crazy. Not right, not right now. now. No, you need to fill in that right wing spot. You need that. You need that. So you need Jaden Sancho. I was as crying long, about it last year also. They need to get that guy in. As long as Cavani is there with Rashford, and he'll fit in with Greenwood, and like it'll work. Like you have your core. You have your team for the next ten years. It's ridiculous exactly. why they are not planning on doing that. Like why they they haven't done it right now. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Shal so, thinks a centre-back is required. I don't buy that. Like, I don't see that as a problem. They're United's biggest problem as a... Okay. I wouldn't say they don't need it. 
but i'm not going to say it's on their priority list right now it it shouldn't be their top priority because united center back like especially with how maguire turned out in the second half of the season and lindelof like they they work they it's not like they they're not they're not the best like they're not uh, they're not going to win you a premier league and champions league double like let's be honest and this thing is not a one year thing like you don't have to go and try and win everything next year you can you you still have to go up and you have to like your next objective should be to try and challenge for a title and do well in the champions league those are your two objectives for next season you don't expect yourself to be challenger until a city have a drop off then you should be there to pick up the pieces but it's you're you shouldn't have that like you shouldn't set such ridiculous objectives against a machine like pep guardiola's manchester city and jurgen klopp is going to come back next year like let's uh, well the cdm thing is a problem i understand but uh, I, i think, think they need the guy on the right they need jaden sancho we've discussed this in the last episode do check it out we've discussed for each and every club yeah the cdm thing yeah we transferred we talked about the uh, the transfer yeah, priorities so and everything we've covered yeah. that before yeah let's let, let's actually talk about the europa league final like let, yeah. let's see what kind of uh, like who will be important and who won't be okay so let's start from a united perspective the lack of harry maguire is going to be a huge huge problem i can huge problem and in uh, bits, uh, watching them play against arsenal in bits villarreal can hurt manchester united if they don't put up defensively Yeah, and and set pieces. I think Villarreal will really target set pieces because I think Emery has seen that flaw. It's been a, it's been apparent for like six to eight months. Like I've been yeah. seeing it for like six to eight months. Yeah, Maguire is out of crutches. He might be fit, but the thing is that Solskjaer today, like like half an hour before the pod, he said that he most likely will miss the champion for the Europa League final. And so, maybe if he's just back from injury, he might not be the best player to play. Also, yeah, you wouldn't want to risk something like that. I think I would play Tuan Zebe and Lindelof because, like, I I I personally like Tuan Zebe a lot. Same. He's, like, he's just got injury problems a lot in the past few years. You need to give him a consistent run in this team, especially next to Maguire. To, I think it could work. Like, I just want to point out they have a preseason and everything. I think they could build that up and they can have. I just that. want to use this one reference. Juan Zebe and Aaron Van Bissaka against PSG in the first match. My God, they were My so God. good. They were My so good. Yeah, that exactly. duo. They stopped Neymar, Di Maria, and fucking Mbappe. The one of the best trios <laughs> in the world. They're both youngsters. Okay, Aaron Van yeah. Bissaka gets slandered for his dribbling and everything, but whatever. They were fantastic yeah. that game. But yeah. Well, uh, okay. But he Shalv talked about uh, Villarreal, like. Uh, Uh, Danny Parejo, obviously we know, we know the yeah. story with Danny Parejo. The he was excellent for Valencia for so many years. Is it, didn't Chuck Weezy go off injured against? He Austin? is injured. He's not going to play. He most likely yeah. is not going to play. He got. He went off injured in the second leg. Yeah, he's not going to play most likely. But Danny Parejo will be important. And uh, they, they've got good. They've got good players. I think Paul Torres is also at Villarreal, I believe, right? Yeah. And, uh, we know, like Pau Torres is supposed to be an excellent. If you want to talk about a good player, you have to mention Gerard Moreno. He's been absolutely fantastic. Yes, Gerard Moreno him. has been excellent. Yes. He, he, I'm not sure if Man United. Yeah, even if he's back in training, that doesn't mean he's going to play. So, shall calm down. Like, yeah, I, I don't like that my friend connotation. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it sounds kind of like, yeah, it sounds dickish to be honest, in my opinion. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, Ch- uh, Chukwueze. Whatever condition Chukwueze turns up in, he'll be important. I don't know if he'll play. It's still there's a lot of question marks around it. 
Danny Parejo, obviously, that's their midfield linchpin. Gerard Moreno has scored so many goals. I think he's going to go to the Euros as Spain's uh, for, for Spain, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, like I think him and uh, Oriazabal, I think will go most likely because oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. Rodrigo is not getting in. Pakwal Sarsar is not getting in. Even though Pakwal Sarsar and uh, Carlos Baca both are in this team, like they have a lot of striking options. But Gerard Moreno is going to be the one. Dude. Ah, okay. We need to talk about it. my bad. Yeah. My bad. Still, it's a, it's 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 not a great implication for Yash also. Like, yeah, if I was oh, Yash, no, I would be no. offended. But whatever. <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, we have to speak about Oyarzabal on one of our podcasts. He does not get the credit that he deserves in the last two three years. For yeah, for we'll, 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 uh, we'll discuss it. Yeah, um, like an underrated team of the season, okay, or a t- or underrated eleven who don't get the reserve, deserves respect because they're not playing for a Manchester United. Yeah, I think we can do that. Like, we'll, uh, we can discuss it off the pod also. Like, yeah, if, if you like that underrated 11 thing, like, just say, uh, like, underrated 11, thumbs up or something. Just say something and like, we'll read it. So, uh, we'll do that maybe one of these days. But, uh, honestly, I don't really know too much in detail about how this team plays. Like, Villarreal, I haven't watched them a lot this season. You at least saw one or two games. At least I saw two games. They were, yeah, in bits, they were actually great. Like they can, if they they hold their defense mm. pretty well, and in mm. bits they can hold Manchester United. So unless mm. Manchester United are going to sit back and counter, I think they can be hurt on the counter against. They, they stopped doing that a, quite a bit, honestly, in the last few games. Like Roma didn't yeah, do that at all. Yeah, like especially seen, with now Cavani there in the front line and. Uh, it doesn't make sense to drop back too much. Like they they press That's high, true. they they've improved their pressing. It's not it's not even close to how good City or Liverpool press. Like it's not comparable, but uh, it's uh, it's better now. At least they do it. Uh, and uh, I don't know honestly. I I don't know if Rashford should play this game. Honestly, I'm I, I've he's not looked fit at all. Like I think he needs some sort of he needs two three weeks at least of rest. And That's he will play most likely. Think? He'll play. play. There's no way he's not playing. Course, but are you going to be playing? Would you rather have Pogba in that position, that left attacking mid or left mid that they play? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like I think Greenwood should be there, but I don't think he will be. I think Rashford will go on the right and Pogba will play on the left. Bruno in the middle, Cavani in front, and the yeah, Fred McTominay thing. That is, even Fred and McTominay are supposedly injured, so that's another. Uh, like, there's a lot of question marks around this one. Are we going to even, see the bench of the year player? In the starting lineup, are we going to see Donny Van de Beek in the starting lineup? No way. No way. How can you bring him in? Like, he's not played enough at all. Like, he's not played at all. Like, there is no way Donny Van I can feel he's going to have a bad game if he's just brought in to play for a final. When why, why would you do that? It makes no sense. Like, it's not going to happen. And is not the kind of manager who will make those kind of weird decisions. No, but as you said, McTominay and Fred are supposedly injured. Yeah, so, I think they'll they'll, they'll play. Matic will play then definitely, play and then course. Pogba will play. Pogba will be the other end. Rashford plays. Johnny Van Der Beek is going to be quite low in their number in that because no, the biggest so, problem is that they don't know how to play Van Der Beek and Bruno together. That's the biggest problem. That's true. But who will be the two CDMs if you're saying Pogba at left mid? Do you think he's going to drop? No, Pogba CD? will have to drop back. Pogba will have okay. to play with Matic. And oh, Rashford think... will play on the left and Greenwood plays on the right. Yeah, Greenwood get, gets the shot. Yes, so I think obviously. Why would you not choose Greenwood? Like, Greenwood has actually been United's best player in the past three, four weeks. Like, at least like month and a half or something. Fair, yeah. enough. Fair enough. I would like to see that. I would like to see Greenwood in the final. 
So yeah, yeah, I'm predicted to win for Manchester United. It's a bit yeah, biased. Yeah, that's the obvious one. But yeah, like I, I'm not going to give a prediction. It's a bit I'm obvious and a bit biased, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't like. I'm not going to predict anything for Manchester United. Honestly, it's not. A, okay. I, I've never been a fan of doing that, and I, I hope Manchester United wins. And obviously, like, uh, I, I would lose my shit if they do, and it would be awesome. But uh, I, I am worried. I am worried because I think uh, Unai Emery has a point to prove. I think that's another big, big factor. Like. That Villarreal's team barely has any experience of finals compared to Manchester United, but the problem is their manager is a serial Europa League winner, and this guy on our side has barely won anything. He's won nothing till now. So, <laughs> at least in Man- at Manchester yeah, United, I'm talking about not in general. Yeah, obviously in Molda, but yeah. In in his managerial career, sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I even that, don't... like, do you count a Norwegian league title as a big, big deal? Like, that's a quite, like, that's the big question that's mark, that's isn't that's it? That's what I said. As his managerial yeah. career, maybe not. As a player, he's won the treble and everything, of course. Oh, yeah, but that does, does that matter, honestly, as a manager? Like, it matters when you're getting in. It doesn't matter after a certain point of time. It matters when you're, when you're about to get the sack. It doesn't matter in your clash with the uh, It's opponent. also... Ole's first final, if I'm not wrong, isn't it? For Manchester United, yes. So, I don't, I don't, I, I think he's also got a point to prove. You know, he's broken. No doubt about it. Like this has all been, like he's proven himself pretty well this season. They've coped well. Like they, 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 luck was a bit in their favor with Liverpool dropping off and Chelsea being being with Lampard and everything. Like they, the better, better. They secured a spot in second. They secured it. They bagged it, even though they. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've, that's done. The second is confirmed. Like they, they, they're four points behind uh, Chelsea. So they're four points ahead of Chelsea. So that thing is completely done. Yeah. And uh, let's see the the momentum going into the final is not looking great, honestly, because uh, Fulham was a poor game. Like honestly, like Cavani's goal was excellent, but otherwise, I nobody did anything to write yeah. about. Discussion on that. So, was that goal? Uh, did, was De- did De Gea give the assist? No, Bruno Fernandez got the assist, and he, he got, should get yeah. the assist honestly because, like, he's trying to flick the ball, and that's that's just how the play went. Like, if Bruno that, Fernandez wasn't there, then I, well, De Gea would not have put the ball there. So, you have exactly. to. I didn't yeah. watch. That's why I was just wondering because a lot of people were claiming offside. Like, they're like, yeah, because he didn't touch. The, he didn't get enough of a touch on the ball, but. Yeah, that's fine. Like, but he was part of the play, and if 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 he if a person standing in front of the keeper who doesn't really touch the ball is part of the play, then why is this guy not counted to be as part of the play? Like, I, I it might be a flawed logic, but it it's something. So <laughs> I think that that has to count. So and uh, yeah, he might not have touched it, but the intention and everything around it that's what caused the defender to, behind him to try and close it. And that's why the gap was created for Cavani, and that is why Cavani was able to go through because of the actions of because due to the actions of Bruno Fernandez. So he should get the assist, and it should not be offside. So, like that's just how I thought about it. But yeah, whatever. Okay, so I think that's quite a lot for today. I think yeah, you I think we should. You want to cover uh, anything? Not else? really. No, no, not really. We've covered a lot today, also. So yeah, we have, and. Uh, well, it should be an interesting weekend because it's not just it's the final day for uh, not just the Premier League. It's for La Liga also. It's the final day. Germany yeah, the final day. Between China, Germany is all sorted. So Germany doesn't really matter. Germany's race is over. I think everything Serie is done. A, it's all over. 
I think for Syria, it's just the top four spot. Top so, four is very interesting in Syria, ah, uh, and, and everything is on the line in yeah in La Liga. So La Liga yeah, is the favorite. That is excellent stuff. Who do you think? I'm disappointed Barca couldn't keep up because it would have been excellent with three yeah. teams right in there. It was the last. Game. It was the last. It was, but yeah, like get, get the fucking results then. Like uh, <laughs> you didn't get them, so <laughs> that's what Real so, and Atletico did, right? They got the results in the end, so that's why yeah. they're in, still in the chase. Even and though Real awesome. didn't exactly play well in that game, they got the result. And Even yeah, Atletico what... weren't great. Like you don't have oh, to I be think... great. Like this Real Madrid team has kind of done, has that. They've epitomized that this season, haven't they? They don't look great ever, but they get all the results that they need. So. Yeah. So, thank you guys for joining us today live. We'll yeah. be catching later next week. I think same Friday. Let's keep it Friday. Yeah, now. we'll do it on Friday. We'll talk about the Europa League final. Obviously, we'll preview a bit of the Champions League final, and maybe we'll talk about the underrated eleven. That if you guys vote on it, I'll put a poll on. Yeah, Instagram. Yash already gave us his thumbs up, but yeah, I think I think we'll do it most likely. Yeah, it's not. We will, we will. Even if the vote doesn't go out, we will do it. It's our chance. We'll most so likely do it. Like we don't. Uh, we 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 are looking for content anyways because I want to start covering the Euros after the Champions League final is done. So Same. I don't want to cover it before. So sure, we'll okay. start covering the Euros after the the episode after the Champions League final. So we might change the date. I think we'll let you guys know in the next episode yeah. most likely. So. Let's see how this goes and uh, thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.